Well, our names are Teresa and Gumby. Welcome to Escaping Society. We wrote our own song so we wouldn't have to pay for anyone else's copyright infringement. And we live in a van and we eat from the trash. Making this podcast open for cash. You better listen up because we probably won't last. Because we can't compete with nonsense. Hypnotizing nonsense. And you'd be like, ha you're like, look at me. And you didn't even tell me I was good or nothing. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> play me something good. I don't, uh, all right, I'll, I'll play something. My fingers got fucked up last night. <laughs> I don't say, I haven't wore them out playing easy last night, but. All right, uh, yeah, I can do that, I reckon. I wrote this. That's that is what it is. Welcome to episode 82, Society's Ulcer, Interview Mouse. Um, Mouse is somebody that I used to work with, and then uh, turned out we found out he lived right down the road from me, so we hung out for a while, and uh, yeah, I just know Mouse from like way back in the day, and uh, our great plan was uh, I was trying to talk Mouse into an interview, and uh, he was reluctant, so I pretty much told Teresa, like, well, we're just going to go over there and, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like impose this interview on him. We'll get him to do this interview. So we went over there and, uh, decided to like, you know, um, 
drink and smoke some weed and kind of grease the gears and uh, <laughs> that were already greasy. Yeah, but it turns out that that's Mouse's world. Like that wasn't really like a thing for him. All we did was get ourselves really fucked up. <laughs> and um, so yeah, there's that. And so this what follows is the result of that. We were uh, absolutely plastered. And just pretty much just stuck the lunchbox with our little iPad in front of mouse and like, all right, this is an interview, like a stick up. But uh, anything you want to add to that, Teresa? Um, I guess just recognize that this is uh, recognize. Recognize this is a person. He has, you know, he has insights. He has experiences. And uh, yeah, I. I was actually really surprised listening back to the interview how um, how this went. I mean, at first I was kind of like, oh man, it's a train wreck. But it wasn't actually. Um, there's a lot of interesting uh, material there. Yeah. So like Teresa says, Mouse is a real person and he, uh, he's got a good heart. And uh, yeah, I was going to say something else. And damn, it slipped my mind. We're still like, uh, haven't even gotten out of bed yet. It's cold outside. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we didn't bother. I was, I was kind of wondering like if I would need to edit this or whatever, cause we're just talking a lot of shit, but, uh, I decided not to cause this is real. And the reason why I wanted to interview mouse specifically for this, this podcast is he had, has had a little experience being homeless. So, uh, I wanted to, um, get his take on that, but true to, true to being mouse, every time I tried to pin him down, he'd start talking about something else. So we kind of got a little bit of everything in there. It's a, uh, it's a potpourri really. <laughs> um, That's a great way to explain that. Yeah. That would have been the alternate title of this potpourri interview mouse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad we could get some real shit on here. And, uh, even though there's, there's some shit talking and, you know, definitely not politically correct. Like anything we ever do is, um, it's real, you know, that job site we worked on, there was a lot of different people and pretty much all of them were poor and struggling, black and white, and we all talk shit. And uh, nobody was trying to be politically correct, and we all got along, you know. I, I heard a lot of racist-sounding things on the job site, both from black people and white people, but there was never any racial violence or any real discord that I ever noticed that was based on race. It was just poor people talking shit and not not trying to be anything other than what they were. And I, I kind of miss that sometimes because... You know, how different the world seems now with, uh, you know, the population I'm embedded in. But anyway, here it is. All right. This is an interview with my friend Mouse. So, Mouse, to introduce yourself, would you, uh, you know, for one, just introduce yourself and tell a little bit about your life, anything you want to share. Mouse is not really my name. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm an asshole. I corroborate that. <laughs> but Gumby's more of an asshole. Oh! <laughs> also corroborated. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to do that. Just hit it. I'm good. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Alright. Oh. Wow. Where are the questions? <laughs> oh! Yeah, something about your life. So your name is not really Mouse. Is there anything yeah, else you want to say yeah, about your life? <laughs> How'd you get that name? Because I used to be really shy when I started working at Vaughn. Aww. And, and then 
they started making, because I was skinny back then, they started making me crawl in these places. They started calling me mouth. <laughs> and then they changed it into mousy. That was worse. You Wasn't know? that Danny? <laughs> Ooh. No, that was before he worked there. But but I think it was Ricky Allen that came up with that shit. But, yeah, Danny Wade tried to be gay with me, I think. And he tried to be gay with my cousin, too. Damn. And my cousin done been to prison a long time. And done killed some motherfucker. And he tried to be gay with my cousin, acting like he was a little bitch. <laughs> so how, is that how you know Gumby from Vaughn? How did, how did yeah, you meet Gumby? Yeah, yeah. He come up one day, started working. And I, I was just walking up as always due to the shop, and he was walking around. And he's getting the water, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Gumby." I was like, "Oh, hey." Weird <laughs> name. <laughs> And I'm like, whoa, um, you know, I was like, I ain't figured this fella out at all. Normally I can figure somebody out pretty quick. Uh, I couldn't do that. And then, then we started riding to work together because he lived right there. You know, that's how I know Gumby. Oh. I remember Mouse telling me that, uh, yeah, you're a tree hugger, and I'm probably a tree hugger too, but I'm just not so flamboyant about it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying that. <laughs> well, Mouse, you obviously have a soft spot for nature. Like, uh, you know, you like take pictures of sunsets and clouds and uh, stuff like that, and you're interested in wildlife. So I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think? Where do you think that interest came from? Like, why do you like nature? I mean, it's not everybody who likes nature, especially nowadays. People are like, you know, playing video games and shit. People don't like to go outside. So why do you like sunsets and clouds and, you know, like have that kind of affinity, like a, an empathy for animals and shit like that? It's, it's, it's the way I grew up. I grew up out here. And, you know, to watch a sunset... You ain't going to see much better than that, you know? This area is known for beautiful sunsets. Yeah, we used to live out here in Bahama, and, like, we talk about the Bahama skies. Yeah, it was. It ain't like other places, especially North Carolina. It's, it's got like, a strange weather to it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Clouds split here for some reason, if you ever noticed. I remember, huh. I remember hearing about how you and Gumby used to sit in the truck or vehicle and listen to the Peterson Field Guide to Birds. <laughs> yeah. Every single day. I love that. I, I went and that. bought a Black Sabbath tape. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't have to listen to, uh, what was that guy's name? Oh, Jimmy, yeah. No, no, the guy on the Peterson Field Guide. The, the, oh, I don't remember. Dick something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm Dick Walton. That was the guy's name. Yeah, I remember, like, Mouse and I were working at this construction site, and uh, I got these bird CDs, and I was giving Mouse a ride home. And then, like, you know, it's already kind of, like, fruity as shit to be listening to these little <laughs> bird CDs. And then, like, the first day, there's, like, uh, I forget what. It was, like, the white-throated sparrow goes, maids, 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 put in your tea kettle, a little, a little, That's what they did. And then there was a woodpecker that went, queer, queer, queer. Queer, queer, queer. This is a tufted and tip mouth. Jeeba, 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 jeeba. Hey, you remember. Yeah, yeah. 
So it worked, and yet the Black Sabbath had to be... He got indoctrinated. Oh, man. I did learn a lot about birds. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. That was like, you know, it's your truck. (laughs) So I guess I'm going to learn about birds is what I'm going to (laughs) do. And if i got to drive you through redneck neighborhoods with the radio playing saying, queer, queer, queer. Speaking of red, if you got to take me by this motherfucker's house, it won't never shut up. <laughs> and so I can get my shit, you know. And you, you'd always do it. You're like, okay, fuck. Smearing off triple black. Oh, my goodness. So I heard, I had heard that you lived on the streets at one time. Mm-hmm. What led to that? How did you survive on the streets? And what do you feel like you learned from it? I cracked the safe here. <laughs> and then, then the next time I wrecked that suburban out there, it's fixed now. But wait a minute, wait a minute. So what you, do you what do you mean you cracked a safe? I I know how to open an electronic safe. Wow. All right. That's because a good what skill. what you do is you pop the cover off and. You take a little piece of wire and bend it into a U-shape. And the way it's set up is it goes through all the numbers of the pattern when you're looking at the motherboard, the green board, you Uh know. But there's two little areas where it goes through that and comes back. All you have to do is put that motherfucker right there and it'll go click. I mean, uh, it like completes the circuit yeah, or something. It, yeah, wow. I just bypassed. That is a really good thing to know. I was 17 when I did that shit. And then you got kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I went to you... jail first, but then I oh, got kicked. I, you know, but they didn't get me for that. They gave it to me because they didn't want to give, my parents didn't want to press charge for that because of how much of a felony that is. And, <laughs> oh and, God. and, then, uh, because I got all brazen, I said, nobody's going to figure out what the hell I'm doing, but my dad did. <laughs> That's and, what dads are for. Yeah, they're, they're just great sometimes. Up yeah. in your game. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened there. Well, I got a question for you. Do you remember that first night, like, homeless can mean a lot of different things. Like, Teresa and I live in our van, and a lot of times we talk about homeless people and forget that other people see us as homeless people. So, do you remember that first night that you felt homeless? I mean, I don't know what stage of getting kicked out that was, but the, you were like, shit, I'm on the streets. Yeah, so Like, what was that like? It sucks. I mean, but it, it hits you like the next day, kind of, is what I think about. Like, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I got this all of a sudden, and you feel almost like crying because you ain't got no house. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, and it's always like some real brief thing that makes it happen because it's, that's the way it's always happened to me. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, the fuck am I gonna do with all my stuff? <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then me and my buddy Chris Massey lived in the back of a wood panel station wagon from the 70s and had to sleep beside each other to keep <laughs> fucking warm. Oh, 
<laughs> you did the, well, I mean, we didn't go the like body that one. I bet you guys are listening to that bird CD. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just laid there like straight. It was like, I ain't getting near me. Getting near me. Just keep being warm over there. <laughs> so that so you slept in the station wagon you didn't have to sleep like out on the actual street or sidewalk or anything i mean i've had to before but that was just here and there but that was in a junkyard it was a broken down station wagon oh you were sleeping in a car in, that was in a junkyard <laughs> yeah. that's pretty unique <laughs> it was right there by ninth street kind of <laughs> between ninth street and broad street you know uh-huh. what i'm talking about yeah, and it was the ugliest fucking car, but it was long enough and wide enough to where we didn't have to, you know, cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> Why was he on the streets with you? He was like that anyway. He oh, he was already me. on the streets? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just kind of got up with him. I was like, well, he probably knows more about this than I do. I don't know. What kind, I don't of, what kind of stuff did you learn from him? <laughs> the, Sometimes you gotta sleep beside it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, we, you know, uh, he showed me all, like all the churches you go to to get food and all that stuff. That's yeah, pretty much stuff like that. That's good. But uh, no, I still talk to him. He's still alive, surprisingly. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I did learn a lot of shit about being homeless from that expert <laughs> the expert homeless guy <laughs> yeah. so you went to churches like to food pantries yeah, to get yeah. food and did you um did you figure out like how to clean yourself up like how to bathe in any sort of way that one particularly that didn't really <laughs> strike you something and my i got the worst fucking at least foot oh. and i wore big black boots back then yeah and i got the worst <laughs> fucking athletes but I thought I was gonna die trying to walk around oh <laughs> I got back here and I slept in the doghouse the actual doghouse <laughs> 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 and because when I got somebody to bring me back here and I was like I'm gonna try to talk to them and take me back into the house and I went and slept in that doghouse because the storm came mm. and uh the next time I slept in a trailer up there, but anyway, I I did that, and uh. And they didn't know you were here. No, I waited till my dad went to work, so mm. I went and talked to my mom because she's cooler. <laughs> <laughs> That's also corroborated. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> and I and she was. I told her I was sick. But I wasn't. <laughs> so she'd take me back in. That's oh. how I got back in. Dang. You gotta be clever sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they say on the streets, you gotta do what you gotta do. And sometimes, like, if you're not <laughs> sleep next to spooning another dude, that's what you gotta do. I didn't spoon that motherfucker. <laughs> that's not corroborated. <laughs> I got a question for you. So, Mouse, you've done a lot of drugs in your life. So, one question I had for you is, how did that start? Like, do you remember when you first took a drug, what that was like? And also, I wanted to know, like, what it feels like now. Do you feel like the drugs help you escape something? Or are you trying to get to something through the drugs? Or is it something else completely? I'm going to tell you a long story there, <laughs> if you want it. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, when they first came out with Ritalin, it was about the time people started calling everybody ADD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I was taking it, and I was noticing I, I felt kind of good when I was at school. And I was sort of speeding, but I didn't know what that was. I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and then I saw Larry Snogger on Channel 11 say something about how people are snorting Ritalin because of speed. And oh, I was- said, oh. And then when I got about 13 years old, I started snorting a damn shit. I was like, whoa. <laughs> the things you learned really from TV too. news. I can't believe you remember that dude's name. That takes me back. Thank you, Larry. Oh, Larry. I used Scott to here. work with him. Really? Yes. Huh? When I worked at King Brothers, I <laughs> I was doing this uh, what you call it, where you put more onto a building. I'm sorry, I'm stupid, but like. An addition? Right. Okay. Thank you. Oh, I thought he was saying you pin a moron to the building. <laughs> and, but yeah, he, he used to come and walk around and he'd talk to me about shit. And me, me and my buddy I worked with, we used to call him Stoggy when he went around. And, and he was like, "What? you need to go up and call him Stoggy to his face. And I'm like, no, he's way bigger than me. <laughs> uh, that would have been cool to be able to tell everybody I got my ass kicked by Larry's doctor. <laughs> In the news today, I kicked Jeff's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he ran home and cried like a little girl. <laughs> and I found out they called him Mousy. <laughs> Isn't that stupid? <laughs> no, he, he was a good guy to be work around. He, he was not an asshole at all. <laughs> oh, but I got sidetracked. I forgot what I asked you. So, so you, you started right, yeah. yeah, I was talking about, yeah, like when you... Because uh, of a news story. Yeah. And I got to pee. I'll be back. All right. <laughs> you can tell me, though. All right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? what the hell did you do? My uncle did that, too. My uncle did the same fucking thing. Did you ain't you the first one. that person. <laughs> I ain't never going to let you forget it, though. <laughs> All right, so you were taking Ritalin for school, and then you saw this story where you could, like, snort Ritalin, and yeah. it made you feel real good. And, yeah, then I just, later on, um, it got to where my dad got really, really overbearing and would not let me have anything in my room but a bed and a bookshelf. For my school. Oh, man. And I, I hated school. I mean, I just hated school. So, I took some some of my grandparents' biking because they had a fuckload. They weren't going to miss it. And I was like, this feels great. <laughs> you know? That was Vicodin? Yeah. And you had a bunch of it? <laughs> it was a bottle like that big and that big around. It was white. Okay, and so it got was it like a coffee it. canister full of butter. Pretty much, so, yes. That's what it was. And there was a Darvacet one, too. And that made me not be able to pee, Darvacet. Darvacet? It made me not be able to piss. Where did the piss go? It stayed there and felt like I had to piss. <laughs> but it just... Uh, but the drugs just kind of... No, the drugs... <laughs> The drugs just kind of made it like, okay, I get that. And so I got like 
Then, I mean, I didn't get hooked then, but when I got the nasal surgery, which they, like, gutted my head. Ugh. Nasal and, surgery? Yeah, where they nearby ripped your sinuses out. This is what <gasps> wow. they did to me. Dude, they gutted me, too, when they took out my gallbladder. They're holding my organs. God knows. I swear, I don't know about that, but yeah. I know about what they did up here, you know? I got a fucking headache right now still. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I mean, but yeah, they gave me a whole bunch of fucking Percocets. <laughs> and and I, then I started noticing I couldn't go to work without taking something. Ooh, the Percocets you just got addicted to real fast. Yeah, and I noticed, yeah, I'm not functional at work otherwise. Right? What does that mean? Like, what? how did you feel like you couldn't work without the Percocets? Because your body would lose all its energy. Like you told me a long time ago, your body throws a fit because it don't get what it wants. Mm. And that was one of the smartest things I've ever heard. <laughs> For real. I ain't even playing with you about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't remember saying and, it, but yeah, it still sounds true. <laughs> that, but yeah, you said that, and I've said it a bunch of times since then because it made so much sense. But yeah, I kept, you know, being like, I had to go to work. God, that doesn't feel like shit. And then I got on a clinic, which I shouldn't have never done. I should have just kicked it then. Yeah, man, I remember taking you to the clinic. Every and day. like, Yeah. On the one hand, it was like a real bitch, you know, and I, I always kind of wondered about that. Like, I knew man, you kind of wanted a, to slap the shit out of me. In one way, yeah, because they're giving you a drug that you, like, they're getting you addicted on to get you off another drug. I never really, like, I mean, that seemed like just not I, stupid I on your on part. Because I couldn't find anybody that could get this shit that wouldn't fuck me over. Yeah. And, and they were trying to sell fake shit to me. I'm like, no. You know, I know what the hell pills look like. You know, so I got on the clinic. It, I mean, fuck, it's illegal. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I used to take me there every day when we went to work. I, damn, you... We wouldn't act like that now, would we? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, when we were at I work? Mean, you probably wouldn't take me to work every day and to the clinic. Man, I wouldn't and even have a job every day, too. And then to Latinies. Yeah, yeah. You always stayed outside because he fucking talks you to death. And I don't know... Remember that time you bought me that smear off ice and I walked inside? I didn't even drink back then. Dude. And I walked inside and I came back out a little bit later and that bottle was empty. <laughs> That's why I started drinking that shit is because I'd be sitting out there by myself so I wouldn't have to talk to that motherfucker. I and I wanted something to do. But you introduced him to me. So he got you hooked That's on true. the smearing off ice. I won't. I didn't drink back then. No, that was just one time that was kind of funny. Yeah, he was trying to get Mouse hooked on his wife. Oh, yeah. He tried to (laughs) prostitute his fat, ugly wife out to me. And when I didn't do it, he quit selling me anything. Oh. Asshole. So he was selling selling you pills, though. Now, was the clinic, was that for the Percocet or was that for something? I was going to the clinic. And there, at the same time, taking way more than any fucking person should ever take. Do you remember the birds and flowers and shit they had on the wall at the <laughs> clinic? Look at the birds. Look at the birds, man. Calm down. Look at the birds. The birds are calm. You be calm, man. Chill. 
<laughs> look, look, ain't no need to worry about him. Jerome, he ain't nothing. Look at the birds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. There's something about birds that... They painted them all over the wall, and Gumby started making fun of them. Man, I used to crack up so much when Mouse talk about that. I, I could just picture these, like, thug life guys, and they're walking in these walls painted like a kindergarten classroom. <laughs> look at the bird. <laughs> like, look, look, look. Beep. Started with the end. Look. <laughs> look, 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 no, 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 look, Daquan, look. Did you just Bird. censor yourself? <laughs> That's he not only funny. answered himself, he called himself Laquan. No, no, he censored <laughs> I no, himself. I was like making a situation. <laughs> I don't think I'm Daquan. <laughs> I don't think you're Daquan either, for the record. I corroborate that. That is corroborated. <laughs> he is not Daquan. So you were going to the clinic to kind of get a fix and well, take him... to function, but I was still wearing a phase I wanted to fix. Later on, I got off it, then got hurt again and went and got back on it. Mm. And, and then it became like... I think after Lauren died mainly... It did not become about feeling good. It became keeping myself out of pain. So it's just a necessary thing. And it's a very small... I've took myself down about nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a joke. <laughs> if you saw the difference in what I... I mean, I used to be on 125 milligrams at the clinic. <laughs> I might take 15 now at best. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I when she died, I I fucking took the fuck out of drugs right after that. Mm -hmm. Anybody would, you think? I mean, mm -hmm. if they have any thought in the situation, but yeah, it's just you know, it's just um. Now it's only what's necessary to function mm -hmm. and not hurt real bad and not, I still do hurt because I got a lot of shit wrong with me now <laughs> and that's got a whole lot to do with it is why the, why I got this arthritis and shit acting up on me before it should you know what I mean? yeah man I think everybody getting old has got something like I know I do I got my things that I lean on just to make life a little like I don't know not so sharp or something what were, yeah. they, what were they giving you at the clinic? I'm just curious. Methadone. Methadone. Mm. So, you know. it, And I was such a fucking idiot. God. I, I fell asleep all the damn time at work. But I didn't know I was falling asleep. <laughs> because the way that shit makes you fall asleep, you kind of get into a half-dream state. And then you're like... Yeah. I remember when I was working there, like, so there's Big Dog, and he comes in with nothing in his toolbox but a bong, <laughs> and a big old Slurpee cut from the gas station full of whiskey and shit, and he's sitting there, and nobody even notices he doesn't do a goddamn bit of work all day long, because he he's talking so much shit, and then I got Mouse over here in the other corner that leans against a wall and falls asleep, <laughs> yeah, and like needs his morning nap. Yeah, but I was trying to do work. <laughs> 
You know I was trying to do work. He was and I don't even know if I would have been working or not because with that, like in I that crew, I was like, fuck it. in the air thinking I was grabbing something. Or, <laughs> you know, half fucking nodding out. <laughs> My goodness. I ain't a bad electrician, but I did kind of fuck shit up a little bit right there. Yeah, I, I will <laughs> almost guarantee that Mouse is a better electrician than me. You ain't bad. Yeah. But you ain't you good neither. You got sense. I was about to say I could carry a pipe, but maybe I won't. I could run some conduit. <laughs> I'll run it right up yeah. in his eyes, somebody. <laughs> so, Mouse, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned that you talk to yourself sometimes. What's that about? I don't know. Think it out loud. <laughs> that was one of Mouse's questions, and that has been corroborated. It, 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 I don't mean bring this up again, but. When when Lauren left me for that dude and got pregnant by that dude, because I used to make her take birth control, and that's why we don't have a kid. Mm-hmm. But when she got with that dude, I started thinking out loud. And then she got back with me. And of course, her being Lauren, I'm going to take her right back, no matter what she fucking did to me. But when she died, I really started doing that shit. I mean, I, I it, it ain't no different than me talking right now. I'm just like, what happens is said for some reason. I'm trying to kick that habit <laughs> amongst others. I talk to myself too. Sometimes I feel like it. I don't know. I feel like it comforts me. I feel like it helps. Yeah. To yeah. like get it out, even if nobody's there, I just kind of do it anyway. Sometimes I just need to have a fucking intelligent conversation. And I talk <laughs> to myself. Well, why do you talk to yourself? Then? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
And and there's a fuckload of stories I can tell you about some ghost. Yeah, man. My dad, like, I told you he lost his mind, right? Yeah. So before. He blew himself up, right? Yeah, he actually did. But, like, many years before that, when he first started, like, feeling his mind slipping, he saw up in New Hampshire a little girl fall through the ice and drown. Nobody could reach her and save her. And she was screaming, Mommy, help me. And uh, that was the first thing he started hearing that I that my mom or I remember that wasn't there is like he started hearing that voice, Mommy, help me. Mm. And that was the first thing that was kind of like, wow, that's unusual, you know, where he started losing his sanity. So, yeah, I mean. Ghosts are real. They're just real as fuck. I'm sorry. Anybody who fucking says anything different don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? That gave me more faith. I, I mean, you know, I'm kind of agnostic, but ghosts are real, and that made me think, yeah, there's something else to everything, whatever it may be. We were just listening to something last night, was it, about a guy that he was, like, working, and, and he uh, heard... Mexican radio station? Yeah, he was at, he was working at a radio station, and he heard, like, footsteps coming up real fast up the stairs, but then when he went to look, it wasn't there, and he had this whole ordeal that happened to him. And the way he described it, he wasn't afraid. He was like, I know that there's something here, and I want to, like, figure out why, and can I help, and, you know, what are the reasons why it... Why this entity you, is oh, here? I want to figure out why. If <laughs> 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 oh, um, <laughs> what was it? The <laughs> never mind. I'll come back to that. So, what do you think about this election, the pandemic, and all the crazy shit going on in the world right now? It's fucked up as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't know. Uh, being Biden's lost his coherency <laughs> and Trump, I just think he's so fucking rich, he could silence anybody with money. And that's who you gotta go with. Yeah, those are the two One scary the choices. <laughs> What do you, do you vote? <laughs> I'm registered to vote, but I've never done it. Why? Like, there are people that say that to live in this really country, know. that's your duty. What would you say to those people? I'd be like, who? But I'm going <laughs> to go over here and drink. <laughs> <laughs> that's also your duty uh, in this country. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what do you think about the, uh, the COVID virus, like, I mean, specifically, people talk a lot about, like, where it came from. I don't, I don't know who's Bat to blame. Bats. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. And, like, how seriously do you take it? Do you wear a mask and all that yes, shit? Yes, I wear. I do. Mm-hmm. I do wear a fucking mask. And, but, no, I, I, I remember before all that, Kim Jong-un <laughs> said... I'm gonna give America a real present. And <laughs> he did, and and then that's why I think he made that damn shit. And he might, have, he might not have, but he did say that before, and it was right before. Ooh. Oh, I remember that. 
You, yeah, you remember I remember that? that. He said something about a Christmas present. Yeah, yeah, it was I right before that. Christmas. And nobody talked about that after that. Oh, Mouse just figured this shit well, out. Boom. <laughs> I mean, I always thought that's what it was. I mean, that suit is going to kill half the world. God damn it. You know? Oh, man. Yeah, that's totally right. I can't believe I forgot that. Don't you kind of agree with that when you think about it? Yeah, that was like I thought that Don't was really suspicious. Really give He's us offering a to give us a present. I never hear no, about a present. But he gave us a disease, pandemic. I think. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rock, 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 rock. I'm going to give America a real present. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear a mask because you feel like it helps, or because it's just like because you have to? Because they say I got to put it on, but I sort of feel like I should. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. Like, well. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Who cares? I mean, just do it. Whatever. And I mean, yeah, I feel sort of stupid with a mask on. Me, too. But I'm like, <laughs> everybody else has to do it, too. Yeah. And I feel like the people that don't have them on, like, <laughs> I can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn breathers. <laughs> that's what. Literally, yeah, that's the answer to that. <laughs> well, Miles, I was thinking about your time being homeless. Like, uh, you know, you said you slipped and slept in cars, and one time in a junkyard in a car. Is there anything else that you would uh, like that you feel like you learned about survival? That, like, if you were out there homeless again right now tonight, that you would know how to do because of your time already out there that you learned. I learned most of this shit from your tree hugging ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I do hug trees. That's been corroborated. <laughs> <laughs> I watch you do so many shit, and I, I I would remember it. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You make something out of nothing, you know. And I just, I watched you for a many years when we worked together and all and I used to come up to your house all the time and bring different girls home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at my slut today. <laughs> oh my God. I was about to say some questionable women but then I remembered I uh, introduced you to Latin's wife. <laughs> I ain't never do nothing to her so you can't say nothing about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that, he did try to get me to anyway. <laughs> Don't want to talk about it, even though it didn't happen. That's how bad it is. Fucked up times. <laughs> that is, is an ugly woman. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just back. saying. Yeah. I know you have short hair, and you might get mad at me. <laughs> but <laughs> you don't have short hair like her. Oh. No, no. I just. I no, 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 no. You are a pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> But Latin's wife, she had long hair. But I was saying, like, if if you had short hair, you might get mad at me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like an activist or something. <laughs> I know damn activist. I know that. That's why I made the damn joke. Because I knew I could get away with it. <laughs> Y'all are, I swear. Y'all get me laughing like hell. <laughs> well, one more question I got for you, and it is, if you could talk to yourself when you were younger, is there anything that you would tell yourself? Like, we ask, we like to ask people this a lot. Like, would you do anything different? You got a book. 
I'll start writing it like a blank page book. Yes, I'd start writing it. <laughs> writing what in it? Like about your life? I mean, I liked sports a lot when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I was... I, I played on a soccer team and shit like that. And I thought I was so fucking cool for it. And then one time... <laughs> look, this is what happened. I was... I, I was standing there because I was one of the guards by the goal and the ball bounced against my foot and went in the goal. And everybody <laughs> on my team said I kicked it in there. Oh, no. And I didn't do that. It just, it's so boring there because it never comes near you. The ball never comes around you. You're just there. And then that one time. And that one time was like, boom. I was like, fuck. <laughs> 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 little eight-year-old mouth going, fuck! <laughs> Nine. Nine. Mind you. <laughs> but yeah, and everybody's like, he kicked it in! Yes, he did kick it in! Ah, I saw that too! No, like, so, I didn't play no more soccer after that. Well, what was your favorite part about working at that electric company that we worked at? Honestly, when they'd let us out of the sun, <laughs> and for some reason, the fucking slab. Wow. Working yeah. on the slab. We just had to be, like, so, you know what I mean. You had to, like, just keep fucking with each other and make each other laugh. It's like you're so life. fucked over, you got nothing to do but talk shit and laugh because you yeah. know you're fucked. I mean, me and you, Big Dog was like a fucking trio <laughs> there for a little while, you know. I <laughs> sure were. <laughs> hey, guys. Do you remember how the time? He sounded like Cartman from South Yeah, and we drew pictures of each other in the port john He started his shit. He drew a picture of a Jimmy taking a crap. No, no, no. The first picture I drew was his pants hanging down with his ass. Oh, yeah. Crap crap it literally was that much crap showing. And that is about, what, six inches? Something like that. I'll corroborate that. <laughs> <laughs> And we saw that much of his crack. And he did not give a fuck. And he was a big, fat motherfucker. They had aborigine hair. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And he had a big beard. And he was mean when he got like that. Remember, he used to get real mad after Sam had cussed him out and left. He'd throw his hat or something down the hall. God damn. I'm like, well, you wait until he left, though. I'm just saying. You, you ain't very brave for that. <laughs> that was so funny. What was that called? Cedar Forks? Was that the name of that school? Yeah, I believe so. Cedar Forks. That was in its own way. I had fun. Yeah. We had to, even though it sucked. That I mean, I think we, like, it was the middle of the damn summer, too. Mm. And I think we just had to fucking be stupid as hell <laughs> to get through the day, you know? Yeah. I've had those kind of jobs, too. And everybody smoked weed. Yeah. And I was one-hit wonder. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. 
<laughs> that was actually one of the best points in my life too. I just remember that time in my life being it crazy. It sucks so but bad. Fun. <laughs> it's fun for some reason. Yeah, because all hope is lost. I mean, you might as well just enjoy yourself because yeah, there's be no. You're walking in the damn desert when you're out there. Yeah. You get a raise, it's going to be like a quarter. Yeah, a quarter. I mean, you might as well just best. enjoy it. Or where maybe you're at. 10 cents or something. And of course, a lot of drugs were involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot. Well, I used, yeah. <laughs> I used to tell people. That's to, what you had to do. I used to tell people the drug test there is if you get in the work van, they fire up a big old joint, and if you don't smoke it, you fail. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we used to go in the trailer, oh, and yeah. Jimmy would. Bring out one of them joints about that big. <laughs> Y'all would smoke it, and I'd go, <laughs> I don't want any more. Because I knew it would make me fuck a bunch of shit up. <laughs> one time I was riding back with him with Big Dog, and you know how long he's barking more than been working at that electric company. He fired up one of his joints with us, and he got so screwed up that he missed the Vaughn. I mean, the electric company's barking a lot. But you're like, God damn, he is. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you ain't got to explain it to me no more than that. <laughs> oh, I got a question. Have you ever been lost in the woods? Not really. I kind of watch the sun a lot. Hmm. I mean, I've been way to fuck in the woods. But I just kind of watch the sun a lot. Yeah. You follow the sun? Well, I just say it's there, and it's this time of day, I figure, so this is this way, and that's that way. Hmm. So, no, I ain't ever really, no. It, it, I've always been pretty good about that. Does it ever talk to you and tell you to do things you're not comfortable with? The woods? The sun. <laughs> Y'all are about crazy as hell right now. <laughs> yeah, the sun comes down and we have a good old chat. <laughs> <laughs> and that motherfucker is like, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm like, what did I do? I'm like, you're the motherfucker that keeps burning me every damn summer. <laughs> <laughs> damn asshole. You ain't gotta do that. <laughs> But you don't ask me what I'm doing. You're the one burning me every summer. <laughs> you burn me one time, then you can't do it no more. Hmm. Burn me once, shame on me. If you burn me in the summer, the first time I just tan after that. <laughs> and I don't know why it's like that, but, you know. But I'm like, son, look. <laughs> <laughs> Look, son. <laughs> you ain't. Sh- oh wait, you're the son. I-, I better shut the hell up. <laughs> How did you know to ask him about the woods and everything? Huh? Is there a story behind that? That was all we ever fucking talked about was the woods. Yeah, I knew Mouse. Had, Mouse has got a streak in him that's a tree hugger. He's just buried it. He has been ashamed of his flamboyant inner tree hugger, and I know it. I see it struggling I to get out. I was going to cut one down today, and I knew you was livid at me about that. You was mad as fuck, probably, and you was just like, mm-hmm, don't say anything. We asked Mouse if we could come over, and he's like, well, I got to go cut down a tree. And then, and it's yeah, that's, rain. that's the exact thing you ought to say. As a tree hugger. <laughs> 
Yeah, I hugged that motherfucker. Then I chopped it down or whatever. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, you got any more questions, Teresa? I just, I mean, we've we've been sitting here for what about an hour before uh, the interview, is and we've just been cutting up and laughing like hell, and I just really appreciate that about you, Mouse. <laughs> I'm glad y'all came over. <laughs> I'm, uh, it's way better than cutting down a tree. Way better than cutting down a tree. Did you hear that, listeners? Yeah, <laughs> saw that motherfucker up and then pull all the branches out of the way. Man, I used to give you all that wood all the time. And after that ice That's storm, the shit that burned my I house know. down. I was yeah. getting at that, <laughs> Mr. Gumby. <laughs> Mouse burnt my fucking house down. I didn't burn your fucking house down. I tried to help you. <laughs> you helped me. <laughs> you helped me he provided, the life. He provided the wood that helped you to burn the house. Yeah, and I'm like, I was trying to be nice. I mean, and now he blames me for think losing about it. House. It was the fuel that burned my house down. Uh, How could the wood not be a big part of it? I think it was the operator. <laughs> I didn't know it was evil wood. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I swear that was so fucked up that fucking day. I can't fill my truck up again to bring you some more of it. And your house won't there no more. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I know you was walking around and looking on the ground to see whatever lived to it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what shirts do I still have or pants? Yeah. <laughs> The only thing that was left that didn't get burned then, up was my camping stuff. It was weird. Well, that's good. That, you you needed it after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was weird. All my outdoor stuff was like in a in the one closet that didn't get burned. You or something told like me that. to wall it up because of that stove. Yeah, the wall behind the wood stove. About two o'clock in the morning, the house would get smoky, and I'd open up the door <laughs> and try to let out the smoke. But I, I went to open up the door, which usually works, and then I noticed. All the creases between the boards were glowing red. Oh, my God. That like, was like, this was place like is fuck. Yeah. I knew right away that this whole thing is going down. I mean, an old house like that and all the boards inside you the wall. You ain't going to stop that because you can't get to it. Yeah. To put it out, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I knew what you meant about that. But I was like, damn, I gave him the damn wood and burned the house down. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't mean. Dude. I didn't even realize that until you just said that. I never oh, made the man. connection. As soon as you said that, I was like, he did bring me that damn wood. <laughs> I was trying to be nuts. <laughs> it's like when that ball got kicked in the goal. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was one of them times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just went up to the gummy house. I'm going to go see gummy. He lived right up there, real close. And I drove up there. Pull and drive like, fuck, there ain't no house there anymore. <laughs> just a bunch of charred embers laying around and gummies walking around. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell? Did, and that was the first thing I thought. I bet you he burned his house down on the wood I gave him. <laughs> <laughs> I like to give you wood all the time, Gummy. You know that. <laughs> that is not corroborated. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Who's spooning who? 
All right, are there any more questions you have, Teresa? Mm, I don't think so. I think we've covered all of them, and just thank you. All right, do you have any last thing to say, Mouse? Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay, so that was our Mouse interview. <laughs> Mouse. Um, a few thoughts to kind of follow up on that. One thing that strikes me is how many people that uh, we talked about are now dead. Um, this has been such a year of death when I think about it, 2020. And what's weird for me is that none of the people I know that either have died this year or that I found about have died were from COVID. Um, there's a family that I was really good friends with, the whole family. Sometimes I'd be their drug dealer. Sometimes like uh, a person in that family, the first person to die was like my drug dealer. That was the way it was back then when I was in my 20s. And, uh, you know, you sometimes you'd make really good friends with your drug dealer. And uh, this one guy, I'm not going to mention his name right now. Uh, it's not Mouse. Um, you know, he'd have weird shit that people would bring him to trade for drugs. Like one time he showed me dynamite that he had under his bed oh that somebody brought him to trade for drugs. And he died. And I just fi- found out from uh, like his sister that two other people, really good people that were in that family have died. Um that I had not heard of. And, you know, I'm listening to this interview with Mouse, and it's kind of, I was just telling Teresa that depending on what my, my mindset is at the time when I listen to it, it hits me differently. And it filled me with a lot of melancholy, a lot of uh, nostalgia. Um, you know, we mentioned Jimmy, who was our supervisor, the one that Mouse said had ab- aborigine hair. Oh, God. And he was such a character. And uh, not only did he die, but I buried him when I was a grave digger years ago. He had a heart attack uh, checking on his weed that he was growing out in the woods. And uh, I actually dug his grave and uh, buried him. And, you know, we had a confrontational relationship. I'd draw shit about him in the Port of John, and then he'd try to, like, meet me on my own terms and draw shit about me. Um, but, man, you know, behind that, was just this recognition of this really unique person that isn't going to happen again. You know, like, when I look back at that guy, our supervisor, even though he was kind of my my enemy at the time, I feel a certain, uh, I want to honor him, you know, his uniqueness. Like, I don't hate him. And uh, another person that, like, got brought up in our, our interview was Big Dog, I just found out he died. He got sepsis in his blood. Um, And man, (laughs) talk about a character. Like, I'm not going to meet somebody like that again. I've got so many fucking stories that are special to me that involve him. So when I listen to this interview and some of the shit, the crazy shit that Mouse talks about, I'm like, me and Mouse are a couple of the only survivors from that time. That, 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 uh... I don't know, that remembrance that's, like, so special for us, you know? Like, when I asked Mouse's, like, favorite time in his life, he brought that up, and I agreed with him. Like, that was one of the high points. And, like, so many people have died this year. There's so much death. And for me, that kind of brings it home. Like, if I want to interview people, I mean, shit, for all I know, Mouse has had a heart attack since the last time I uh, contacted him. I don't know. I need to interview him now. And uh, we did this interview, like couple months ago, maybe a few months ago at this point. So it also reminds me that I need to make them uh, do an interview closer to the time that I release them because some of this stuff is becoming more irrelevant, Um, you know, about elections and COVID and stuff like that. It's just changing so fast. So 
that's something that I uh, I got from this last listening of the interview. Whoops. Oh, and uh, yeah, like you were saying, that times have changed. I mean, uh, people listening to this interview, you know, they may have been stunned about the uh, the shit talking. I mean, it's like, you know, talking about talking about all you know different ethnicities and you know North Korean. Uh, dictators, rot, 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 <laughs> rot, rot, yeah. rot, rot. Um, short-haired female activists. Uh, you know, everything, <laughs> like everything that just seems so. Uh, everything is so politically correct, or has to be. And yeah, that era of like you said, shit talking, or just kind of, you know, talking and making jokes about everybody, including making jokes about yourself. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what kids are um, doing these days. It actually brought a tear to my cheek listening to it this time because I realized it wasn't just the people that have died. It was an era that has died. And I think there's, I almost feel like things are happening so fast that I wonder if a lot of us aren't feeling like a lot of undigested grief. Mm -hmm. There is an era that we could just like say things, do things. And, uh, you know, without being called a fascist or a Nazi, it wasn't, it was so different. It, it felt different. And I realized that that is, is, is dead too. And it's just getting painted in such a way that's not exactly true. There were problems. There were always problems. There are problems now that need to be looked at, addressed, and fixed. But to just shove everybody into a hateful box, you know, like, you belong here. I know that's a lie, and I will fucking fight that until the day I die, because I know it's a lie. You're not going to tell me two plus two doesn't equal four. Hmm. Yeah, I um, I was especially keyed into the uh, country accent that even I was taking on even more just from being around Mouse, and uh, I thought that was really unique, too, because a lot of times, um, for some reason, southern accents are often in shows are like portrayed by people from Britain. <laughs> it's like these British actors that have to sound like Southerners. Yeah, we named this uh, Society's Ulcer because that was actually it, Mouse's first band he was ever involved in. And uh, as you may have heard in the beginning, uh, intro song, he's a talented musician. And uh, I used to tease him a lot because I would be around musicians. And I've always kind of had a confrontational relationship with musicians. Because to me, like, a musician just starts playing. And we're all supposed to shut the fuck up and listen to him. It's kind of like a, look at me, I'm the musician. Everybody shut up, listen, look at me. I'd hate going to a party and some guy bring out a guitar. Even though, like, I recognize now that I practice guitar how uh, satisfying that can be. But, you know, I just didn't like that that aura about it, that energy. So, uh you know, Mouse would, like, tease me back about that, like, you know, like, you, you were always, like, making fun of me for that shit, and, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of true, you know, I just feel like, I don't know, I, I always ran in, uh, like, I can think of so many musicians in my life that they just show up at the party and, like, I wrote this song about my father, and, uh, I want to share it with you, and now any conversation that was happening, we're all supposed to shut up and, like, be the audience, and, uh, they used to drive me nuts. Go get your paper. It's windy out. Uh, and going back to what you were talking about before of how, you know, you remember times and it used to just be like you could shit talk about people. I recognize that, you know, again, maybe not our listeners, but there may be people out there like that were like, yeah, um, you know, that's racist. And yet I don't 
again, it's like twisting all of the meanings of these words. I do believe I have witnessed all sorts of different looking people talking shit about all sorts of other different looking people or people that look the same as them. And they're not considered racist. They're, they're maybe considered assholes at times, but it's not, uh, like it's not intended to hurt a group of people. It's not like they're going out to a bar and beating people up because of this. It's like the pendulum is swinging too far in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Like there was some cruelty and there was a lot of character development involved. Like, uh, my apologies to the fat, ugly wife mentioned in this, um, she actually was trying to be a prostitute at the time. And, you know, looking back, I have more empathy for like whatever, uh, pushed her into that role and her fucked up husband and all that shit. And I'm becoming a fat, ugly bastard myself as I get older. <laughs> so there's karma for you, but there's something human. There's something that we don't want to just like edit out of that. We have to fucking face that. We have to grow from it. We have to be able to get old and like, remember the times that like, that got to work itself out. And that's something that I feel like is really uh, missing from our story now. Is just we're trying to edit everything out. No, absolutely no tolerance. No, that's how we fucking grow some of these situations. Mm, and that's, I, I thought you were going to say that's how we fucking grow in ourselves too. Because, yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. And also like growing um, tension between different groups of people. Like if you, Make it so that uh, there isn't a natural uh, evolution of a person's character. You're basically, you're going to make enemies with them. Like people, it takes time. And I know, you know, some would argue like, well, haven't we had enough time? And I don't think so because, I mean, every human is coming from a different place too. Yeah, who's to say? I mean, the time it takes is the time it takes. If you force people as we see um, into a thing they're not ready for, they resist. All you uh, have is a confrontation, and then your only choice is just to overpower them. And something else I noticed, like, talking about uh, differences in people, um, Mouse was, you know, describing his uh, very early medication for having, like, ADD or ADHD. And, Gumby, I remember you were talking, I think it was in Nature Therapy, maybe, about a kid that you worked with who uh, was really, like... Uh, described as having attention deficit or hyperactivity disorder. And yet when they were out in nature, it was like they were just masters, you know, like they knew exactly how to have an eye for things. And I feel like, God, like Mouse being, uh, you know, really talented musician. Hell, he taught all of us how to break into an electronic safe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, how sad it is that our society feels like they have to drug children and how he hated school. Maybe there's something like a red flag too, like the way we teach kids and the way we make them into something that maybe they're just, that's not their gift. Yeah. Mouse has always, always, since I've known him, had a love of nature and a, uh, a capacity for absorbing it, um, better than a lot of the other people that I was in contact with. And, uh, yeah, if we had a different culture, like, I don't know. Maybe Mouse wouldn't have had to numb himself so fucking much, you know, to get through this. Like, I numb myself, like many of our listeners, in one way or the other, if you're honest with yourself and look for it, we all numb ourselves. Um, God, I I imagine a culture where something like what Mouse is, you know, would have been celebrated more. What I am would have been celebrated more. Um, 
And <laughs> I wanted to bring up that that point in the interview where I t- got up to take a piss because, like, we didn't really explain what happened there. I had to piss. You know, we'd been drinking fucking beer, smoking weed. <laughs> you can hear us, like, actually inhaling from the pipe and stuff. And I get up to take a piss, and I'm so high at that point that I've been to his bathroom so many times. Like, I knew exactly where it was and somehow managed to find the wrong door. To the basement. So I opened a door. And all I saw was darkness. And so I assumed it was the bathroom. <laughs> and all I had to do was step in and find the light switch. And damn if it wasn't a stairway, like, right to the basement. <laughs> I almost fucking died. You just heard a near-death experience. Mm. So uh, that was slightly terrifying. Um, and that's what happened there. Yeah. And something else uh, that, that Mouse was talking about, like, finding yourself suddenly homeless, you know? Like, suddenly Susan, that show from the... <laughs> 90s or whatever suddenly homeless and i feel like a lot more people are going to be um finding themselves to be homeless in the very near future what with all this oh just complexity and not in a good way of what the hell is going on like we are not we we have relinquished most of the control in our lives so um what that's going to lead to i just i don't know i think there's just going to be a lot more people on the streets and and something that I took away from his experience, even though he said it sucked, like he kind of had this, uh, intuition to like find somebody else that knew what they were doing. And I don't know. I just, I thought that was a uh, good to point out. <laughs> and my last thing that I kind of want to bring up is, uh, it was just a lot of fun interviewing mouse and, Trying to interview Mouse is like herding cats. I mean, trying to keep him on a topic or talk about what I thought I wanted to talk about was uh, (laughs) hilariously ineffective. And one of the things that we get together to do now is to play chess. And it's the same fucking thing. Mouse will set up a chess board and uh, I'll have to hear all the bald jokes that I can stand directed (laughs) at me. Like about the pawns and like, oh, you know, all the chess pieces have like South Park voices like, oh, I'm no fucking bishop. <laughs> and it just becomes more like watching a play. And I just want to say the chess player in me gets pissed off as shit. Like, God damn, can we just play the fucking game? But there's another side of me that like recognizes like it's not everybody can sit down at a chess board and like have a play enacted with the pieces. So <laughs> that's something Aww. I appreciate about Mouse. Is there anything else you want to say before I go into my outro? I just wanted to say, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listener write-in, um, this is Shannon from Wake Forest, North Carolina. Um, I knew her by the name Jellybean for a lot of her life, and she's somebody I grew up with, which is why I picked this, because it's kind of for an episode for me of, like, back in the day. She wrote, Hey, Gumby, a friend of mine was listening to your podcast. I caught your voice and was like, holy shit, I grew up with that guy. (laughs) LOL. I sat down with him and gave a listen. I must say, pretty impressive. On another note, Stephen and I were talking last night, and we agreed that if you and Teresa are ever around in the old neighborhood, you guys are more than welcome to grab a shower and cop a squat for a few nights to get out of the elements and maybe smoke some of the devil's lettuce if you feel like doing so. I love that. Open invitation anytime. Hope Nancy is feeling better and all is good with you and yours. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, uh, I'm going to be honest, you know, like satisfying to hear somebody from my past, like just run in randomly to my <laughs> podcast. That was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, ego stroke. Yep. 
you know, we've been through a lot together. Like, I guess anybody, like, you know, remember the people that you grew up with? I mean, how different it was when you were a kid, right? God, the times are changing fast. And, uh, God, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for all of you that have invited us out to your property, out to, like, get together. Um, even if we don't take you up on that, we really appreciate the invitations. And uh, the devil's lettuce. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm not really a salad kind of guy, so, um, you know, I'd probably be up for a burger, but, uh, yeah, the devil's lettuce, that's a term I hadn't heard before. So she definitely picked that up, uh, after our childhoods together. And I really appreciate when she said, hope Nancy is feeling fine. We've got an interview with my mom who recently had a heart attack and is, uh, out of the hospital now. We're actually in the yard beside hers and haven't checked on her since we got here. So we're going to go check and see how she's doing pretty soon. Yeah, she was in the hospital for... I think over two months during this whole COVID shit and somehow in her frail health state, like, good Lord, managed to get out before anything else happened, hopefully, hopefully. So, yeah, and talk about, you know, just like doing these interviews and and bringing people's stories and and how they influence us and how they may influence you when you listen. Yeah, it's it's crazy how, how much we're... We're losing, you know, how much is just right there before we know it, it's gone. Yeah, it's important that we talk about what's on our mind and like be able to talk about that in a, you know, in a, I can't even say a safe space anymore because let's face it, it's not a safe space to speak what's on your mind anymore and that's fucking terrifying. So instead of a a safe space, let's call it a courageous space because we know we're risking a lot by speaking what's on our minds. And uh, I just encourage everybody to keep doing that. I want to give, as long as I am able, a platform for that. If you want to do an interview, uh, I'm going to reach out again soon for to a lot of people that I think I can get together with. We don't do online interviews. we got to get together with you. Um, but, yeah, that's what I want to create is a safe space because underneath all this fucking politically correct uh, thought policing, people are basically fucking good. And that's getting erased in the abstraction. We're not even, like, seeing each other face-to-face anymore. Hell, even when you go outside, which is considered dangerous now, you don't even see people. They're behind fucking masks. It is a bad time. And it's so easy to get into this mindset of this group you don't like isn't human. They're subhuman. There's something fucking wrong with them. You don't get to know them. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I... I want to oppose that in any way that I can. And who knows how long before we get censored and shut down. So we're just going to keep trying to do what we can until then. Um, So if you want to contact us, um, we have a Facebook page. Look us up on Escaping Society. We have a YouTube channel. Um, You can access us through our website. I really encourage you to go to our website, www.escapingsociety.weebly, B as in barbiturates, dot com. (laughs) And we have a donate button. We are always thankful for any financial donation. I haven't gotten one in a while. And, you know, the people that have donated, we are very thankful um, if you are able, um, these are hard times. So if you're not able to donate financially, if you've uh, been entertained or benefited from our podcast at all, give us a good review. That actually gets our, our podcast out there more. So whatever carrier you have, um, you know, if you if you liked it, give us a good review. If you, if you feel moved, give us a bad review. Um, send us a story or a question or a message. We love comments. 
um, just like this one I just read. And anything else I'm forgetting? Mm, just thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Bye. Oh, society sucks and we don't need it. It's killing your kids, so why do you feed it? They'll tell you to stay, but you don't need to heed it. You can give them the finger. There's no time to linger. So, thank you for listening to our song. It's not very good and it went kind of long. Don't care if you like it, cause we'll be gone. Over that next horizon. We ain't got no address.